Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to have you in on Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr is in. Excited to see Damon. We are loaded up. Coming up in 20 minutes, how about Mitch Sherman from The Athletic? Get his thoughts. A good write-up as he uh, talked to Mr. Harburg, the uh, future Nebraska quarterback for 2021 and some uh, more light shed on Matt Lubick, what he wants and where he wants this offense to go. So uh, some time with Mitch Sherman. I'm sure we'll talk some youth baseball, and uh, we'll get Mitch's outlook on college football 2020. Derek Peterson from HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Dr. Petey's going to join us. Uh, we'll spend some time with him. More thoughts on football. And then uh, Hall of Fame coach, and he was with Devaney, and then had his own programs at Washington State and Iowa State. He's hitting the old golf ball this time of day. We'll run down gentleman Jim Walden, longtime coach over at Ames and at Wazoo, and a uh, guy that was pretty key in Nebraska's staff in the early 70s. Jimmy Walden, one of my favorites, man. Uh, Uncle Jim, going to join us. At 525. You can jump in at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. Find us, follow us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio or at Damon Barr. That's two R's for Barr. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So you had the Pete Thamel story from Yahoo Sports yesterday that it went beyond bleak of you know what isn't going to happen in 2020 you have Lincoln Riley coming out he's optimistic that football's going to happen and this is freaking Groundhog Day it is hey it's another day is football going to happen or not I'm still optimistic I'm also realistic I'm not in that 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 p word the pessimistic phase i i think they'll start this thing sometime probably pushed back and then you may have to stop it do you resume in spring and that's kind of where i want to go initially i'm like eh you can't do spring football because you you have spring football and you have other sports and it's 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 a cluster it's a flat out cluster if you're a a school, you have baseball, you have basketball, you have football. What else am I forgetting? Forgive me. Uh, everything. And if you move football, you're going to move volleyball. And let's just knock it all down into a a window there. I if that's the only option, then then so be it. And I'm interested to to get your take as a Nebraska fan. Four six six three seven seven six. Would you take spring over not at all? And I think your answer is going to be yes. But could you could you pull off spring ball? And this is extremely difficult on the athletes. 
She had ESPN do a poll, and they polled anonymously 73 football players. And 64 of the 73, and, and mind you, 73 players is probably 60, 70% of a, of a football roster. I mean, some teams have 130 guys, some teams have 100. It varies. But if you take 73, 64 are comfortable playing without a, a COVID vaccine. They're, they're like, dude, sign me up. want to go play ball. Let's get through this and, and let's kick it off. Let's play football in the fall. That's what I've been training for my whole life. The college education and experience is fantastic. I am a student athlete, but I want to play football. Now, 37 of the 73 are willing to play two seasons in one calendar year. Think about that. If things get put on pause for 2020 and you resume in 2021, you're a college kid. You're going to have a conference schedule or or a modified schedule, do your championship games, Probably uh, some semblance of a weird, whacked-out-looking uh, Memorial Weekend or Labor Weekend Rose Bowl, right, for the granddaddy. And then you're back at it if you have eligibility. And even if you – say you're Trevor Lawrence and football's out for 2020. Are you coming back in 2021? No, you're going number one overall. It, it affects Nebraska because you, you've got a really good talent in, in Hymas on the left side of the line that this is his senior season. This is Colin Miller's senior season at middle linebacker. You got Ben Stilley. You, you don't want guys to have to be compromised and be rightfully so selfish with any money or life-changing money in Trevor Lawrence's case. But you're flat out at a tipping point because of what's going on in California and Texas and Florida and Arizona. That's not everywhere. So those four states, in my opinion, my humble opinion, should not rule what Nebraska does or what Iowa does or what South Dakota is looking at or what the likelihood of playing ball in Columbus is like. Let's wait and see. So I, I think as we move down this path, and we'll spend some time with this with Mitch Sherman, I think you're going you're gonna to put your best foot forward. I think the Big Ten's had talks with their TV people, so there's money flowing in. And you're going to make your declaration here on August 1st. Now, all it will take, per Pete Thamel's article, is one school to say we're out. Group of five or power five. Once that happens, this thing crumbles. You will not get college football. Half a dozen people Thamel talked to last weekend. And the responses vary, but they're the same tone. Time to face reality. No one's going to play in the fall. I don't see a successful path to how we play. Half a dozen officials told Yahoo last weekend their hope has vanished. They'll push it back, they'll push it back, and then nobody's going to play. 
And one TV executive says it is all or nothing. So if I were to to title 2020's football season and match it up with a movie, this is Shawshank. You can figure out what scene we're in, but eventually Andy's going to do his 400-yard crawl and head down to Mexico because it'll be safe to go to Mexico. That's where, that's where I'm thinking we're at. One college official, high-ranking Power Five. Again, these are all anonymous, anonymous inputs to the Yahoo Sports college football writer. It's a foregone conclusion. Is it for you? Do you have blind faith that it's going to be okay? I think we're going to get things started. How far it goes, we shall see. Damon, jump in here. Let's play a little buy or sell. Good story. And this has been ongoing with HailVarsity.com. Dr. Petey and Brandon Vogel, they've played the game buy or sell uh, with a lot of college football teams. So heading into year three for Nebraska, and we'll spend some time with Dr. Petey on this. You have a quarterback. You've got a talented offensive line. The defense is replacing quite a bit, but the defense wasn't great last year. Got a really good secondary. Are you buying or selling Nebraska in 2020? And I'm going to say, as we talk today, there's still football. We just got to figure out how much football I am not drinking Kool-Aid. I, I am jumping into the deep end of the pool, but I've got a life jacket on. I am buying Nebraska football in 2020. And I'll even buy Nebraska football in the spring in 2021. Just cover myself if August 1st rolls around and we get the middle finger. I think they're going to be all right. I think the offense will be better. I think the offense can carry the water, and I think the defense can progress. This is all just spitballing thoughts, but I think you got a good running back in Mills. I think you got a good offensive line. You've got Lubick and, Austin and Greg Austin with some more input. Not that Frost can't do it or isn't smart, but you got three good minds with this offense, and I don't fear the too many cooks in the kitchen take and I think he got a quarterback that's hell-bent on coming back and saying, look, I'm better than my freshman year. I think Nebraska's a bye-bye-bye for sure. It, 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 like you said, it's only up from here. I don't see us getting any worse than we've been in the last few years. Knock on wood for that one, please. But, yeah, I, I totally think it's a swing upward, and it will continue to go upward. So the FPI predicts three and a half wins. Ugh. Mm. That's after the 5.8. Because if we're going 10 games, we're being the Big Ten, we're being college football in the Big Ten. So you're a four and six program based on the schedule you have right now. I think they could get to five. And let's ask this question. <laughs> what, what, what honest expectations can you have in a year like this as a fan? Do you go one and two and then it's all punted? God forbid. Well, did they look better? 
Let's hope. Did they play better? Let's hope. With the Nebraska buy or sell, listen, I think the reasoning's very simple for a lot of Nebraska fans as they look at 2020. Listen, they, they were they were a five-win team last year that could have been a seven-win team last year, and they didn't play very well. And there were a lot of games they didn't play very well. But they kept punching. And I think you're going to stack that, and your biggest source of confidence for 2020, I think, has got to be your offensive line. I think your offensive line and your run game. Those are two things you can hang your hat on if you're Nebraska and you've got some better options around Adrian Martinez and you're going to have a healthy Adrian Martinez and if Adrian either isn't getting it done or isn't healthy or isn't right or just isn't making it work, you got Luke McCaffrey that got a little cup of coffee, a couple cups of coffee in his four games and that looks all right. Now is he... Ready to be slapped with an all-conference tally? No. But you have some options. You have you have a, a talented option at quarterback if the guy you think is going to be the guy or could be the guy isn't getting it done or gets dinged again. So that's some of my thought as to why I'm also buying the stock. And right now, I know a lot of Nebraska fans aren't in the mood to hear about moral victories or near misses. But if you, if, if you get games against Ohio State and Penn State, and at this point in year three and you get a chance to play those games, you're not able to win against two top five programs right now, probably preseason number one program on the road right now. That's okay. You're not ready yet. But how close are you to kind of narrowing that gap? And I think they'll they'll play better. They'll they'll put four quarters of football together and they'll be competitive. At times last year they just flat out weren't competitive. I don't know if that was psyche, if it was confidence, what the heck it ever it was. But there was a myriad of things that forced Nebraska to be not what they were supposed to be last year. And maybe they just weren't ready for it. Want to get you a heads up with what's happening down in the rail yard. And uh, get signed up for this. Two events, one great concept, August 8th and August 29th. Sip on samples from local breweries and uh, wineries. Enjoy music from Lemon Fresh Day on August 8th and Shoot to Thrill on August 29th. And uh, check it out here, therailyard.staging.com. And it's the Taste of the Rail Yard, free samples from local breweries and wineries. Uh, Nebraska, home to so many great breweries and wineries. Uh, it's difficult to try them all, but you can make that happen down in the rail yard, August 8th and August 29th. Make that happen. Get signed up. It's uh, brought to you by the Nebraska Brewery and Wine Pass. Uh, Taste of the Rail Yard also allows you to sip on free samples from breweries. And that's going to happen 3 to midnight, August 8th and August 29th. A one-of-a-kind event. Tickets just 10 bucks. Log on to the railyard.com. 
Get signed up for it, and uh, you can socially distance, enjoy the sunshine, space out, and uh, 10 bucks, man. That's awesome. That is a fantastic price point. TheRailYard.com is where you go for that. Yeah. Sip and samples, man. Love it. Get a little wine. Go. Are you a wine guy? I, I like wine. Taste of the Rail Yard. Get it done. Get it done August 8th, August 29th. Mint Sherman's next. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back in Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. An hour away, Jim Walden give us his thoughts on the fate and future of college football for 2020. We welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mr. Mitch, how's your Tuesday? Tuesday is pretty good. Better knowing that I get to share a radio program with Jim Walden, but uh, <laughs> it was already it was already doing I was already doing fine. Well, that's that's awesome. Now, I, I love touching base on, on youth baseball. How was the weekend? We got a hot one coming up, Chris. Uh, we're going to be at the state tournament in Beatrice and spending some time in, uh, in Lincoln in your, in your neck of the woods. But last weekend uh, was good. We had a, um, we, uh, had a couple of doubleheaders uh, in a tournament, and uh, I thought the team played well in, uh, I'd say, three out of the four games. So beautiful, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of the dog days right now. Um, like you would get in, uh, in August in like the big league season, if one of those existed and that's what we're seeing with the nine-year-olds. So, uh, I got a little, a little, uh, scrimmage to work on some things tonight before state and hopefully, uh, shake some of these guys out of, uh, you know, get them all in the right mindset going, going into the big weekend. Have you gone down the road of Joe Boo's rum or live chicken, or is this team in in that mental flow where they don't need any any props? Um, I will suggest that tonight. I'll see if we can. I'll, I, will, I will stop at the uh, liquor store on the way to the park, and and uh, we'll we'll make a sacrifice before the game of a live animal, and then see what we what we can do with the. Um, with the spirits. See, the the baseball moms, the last time we had State and Beatrice, they all went and, and bought very unique and, and quite frankly, brash tank tops. Sun's out, guns mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. And only they could pull I, them off. I've seen... I've seen uh, experiments like that go badly awry. I hope yours, uh, I hope yours was good. You know, earlier this week... The forecast for Beatrice on Saturday showed 106. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to criticize anyone's uh, choice of attire. It's gone down a couple degrees, but we're still in triple digits. I hope that our team can uh, can gain a high seed from pool play on Friday and avoid um, a lengthy stay at the at the park on Saturday. I also want to just make this suggestion right now, since I'm on the airwaves. I think the uh, the organizers of this uh, little U-Triple-S-A event should think about starting games at sunrise instead of 10 a.m., as appears on the schedule right now. Let's just go for like the 5.45 or 6 a.m. start to avoid the heat of the day. It'll be nice and cool and at least 80. I, I get it. Well, 
You enjoy Beatrice, my friend, and if you need rehydration in, in the Schmidt hood, you, you just text, and I will I will make that happen for you. So Okay. I might take you up on that. That'll be good. Mitch, I uh, love your story here as you uh, had a chance to take a look at you know Nebraska's wide receiver transformation and just the size that Coach Lubick has gone after uh, mm-hmm. for 2021, but also what got nailed down for 2020. He had a chance to to get caught up with Harburg. From a pure recruiting standpoint, is this dude just a wheeler and dealer? It sounds like he's able to connect pretty well with a lot of peers. Yeah, he's kind of a throwback to some quarterbacks that I remember from several several years ago, many recruiting classes ago, who were, you know, really into that. Some guys, you know, I, generally you find quarterbacks are outgoing types, um, they're leaders, and they're they're good at recruiting. Um, I'm really seeing now, you know, why Nebraska made that decision during the shutdown to say, all right, we need to get our quarterback in this class um, because knowing that it was likely going to be Heinrich Harburg at some point, uh, clearly Nebraska wanted the initial plan was for him to come to camp in June to throw, to prove to them, you know, the improvements that he had made that they'd seen on tape and then to get that offer in the, in the traditional sense. I mean, usually you do work out on campus with the coaches before you get the offer as a quarterback. And, you know, as this year progressed, credit to Nebraska for adjusting and saying, look, we want to get this guy in the fold early because of what we think he can be for us as a a peer recruiter and the advantage that he has over some guys who came years before him is that he can do this with all kinds of technology and these guys have got stuff going on that we see in public um on twitter and, and then they've got all kinds of stuff going on behind the scenes too with their with their different apps and messaging uh capabilities so he yeah he's really good at it and he likes it that's the thing that sometimes you see uh guys who get asked to do this kind of a thing and help help um give the coaches an assist and you know it's 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 just a it's almost like it's a job. I, I think Heinrich is having a lot of it, fun with it, and he sees the value in knowing that these players that he's helping bring to Nebraska are, are going to make him a better player when 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 he's when he's a part of this program. Mitch Sherman's with us. HailVarsity dot com is uh, a magazine, is, and of course uh, Mitch Sherman, the Athletic, is where you read him and you follow Mitch on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, I'm going to switch to to football for 2020. And I look at the Yahoo Sports uh, article that came out uh, where you've got a lot of anonymous sources saying this thing's done. Uh, You have a little more optimism down in Norman and with some other um, college football coaches. And then, of course, the Big Ten and Pac-12, they've shaved off the non-conference in hopes to just have conference only. Where's your stance right now, man? And I hate asking this because, darn it, I feel like I'm asking you or we're talking about the same stupid thing every week, but but we are with this uncertainty. And do you feel less optimistic? Do you feel doomed? I mean, where where are you at with this whole thing? You've covered ball a long time. Yeah, I mean, we have to talk about it. It's I mean, it's the most important subject. And if if this one goes in the wrong direction, then really the, all the other stuff that we would be talking about is not as important, or in some cases, not important at all. Um. I'm not. I'm not in the doom um, category. I, I think what's interesting right now, maybe more so than at any point during the last few months, is that you can look at a singular event like the Big Ten and the Pac-12. It was just the Big Ten on Friday mm-hmm. canceling or Thursday canceling uh, non-conference, and you can take totally opposite. You can find people who have completely opposite viewpoints. 
there are people out there who see this as a as a a great sign that the Big Ten now has a plan and they're moving forward and they're taking all the steps that are necessary or at least the steps that they see necessary right now to make this thing happen. So they're taking action and they're cutting the non-conference and they're making things safer and we're going to have a season. And you can, and then somebody else can look at the exact same event, cutting of these non-conference games, and say, all right, here, you know, here they go down a path that's ultimately going to end with the cancellation of the season. And I don't think either one of those viewpoints is wrong right now, but we don't know which one is, is right. Neither one is right. Neither one is wrong, necessarily. Um, we'll find out over the course of the next few weeks based on things that have yet to happen. So to say that it's done or that it's definitely happening and get ready on September 5th because Purdue's coming to town, you know, those, there, there, is no, there is no certain answer on either one of those. So um, I, like the, I do like the, the messaging that we're hearing from first Kevin Warren last week and then as we got into the weekend and more this week from Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, who are saying things in a stern way, saying that they are prepared to cancel the season or their, their leagues are prepared to cancel the season if necessary. Because I think it's helping people take it seriously. For whatever reason, four or five months after all of this started, there are still people out there who don't take it seriously and don't understand that their actions and the actions of the people around them are, are creating the situation that's going to lead ultimately to a bad outcome when it comes to, to sports in the fall if things don't go the right way. So I like that we're hearing what we are from Warren and Sankey when they say, if it comes down to it, we will cancel the season because I think people need to hear that and need to understand it. Mitch, what about a delay and a spring start? Is that something that you can wrap your arms around just because you've got so many other sports that not only will be moved from fall to spring, but by the way, there's hoops and, ba- and, and baseball to deal with. Well, I mean, the whole calendar's out of whack. I mean, you could have six sports going on, or six major sports going on at once, or one or four, whatever. I, I don't even know that that's so much a consideration, like, okay, what's this going to conflict with on the calendar anymore? Because when you can get sports in, you're going to get sports in. If they can play baseball in December in a dome or, or in Phoenix mm-hmm. and finish up the season, they're going to find a way to do it if that's what, if that's what works. I think – college football in the spring is a, is a last resort. I don't think you go to that until you've exhausted everything that's available in the fall. And I know the Ivy League has done it and the junior colleges have done it. And you know, that's, that's fine for them, but they don't have – it's not the same. That's not, those, that it's, it's almost like it's a different sport or a different game when you, get, when you start comparing that to the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, so there, there's, there's more at stake. I mean, there's, there's, the, there's the livelihood of entire universities that are at stake with college football being played this fall at some of these universities, some of these schools, and some of these conferences. That isn't the case for junior colleges necessarily or for the Ivy League. So for them, this is the right decision, and they've made it. It's not the right decision right now for the Power 5 schools to say, bag it, we're going in the spring. It might be in September, but let's get to that point before, you know, let's get to the point where it's an impossible thing to do in the fall before we say, okay, the spring, because that's going to present all kinds of new challenges. You don't know that the situation is necessarily going to be any better with the virus in the spring, and there's all kinds of logistical issues that involve the NFL, uh, players who who would be um, on target for the draft, and there's the issue of what happens to the 2021 season. 
if you play in the spring. It's awfully difficult to ask uh, these student athletes to play a schedule in the first part of 2021 and then to turn around and do it again in the fall. Mitch, I've, I've got just a minute left and I need five more minutes. Can I, can I get that from you? Yeah, sure. All right, hang on the line for me. Appreciate you. I need to you ask bet. Mitch uh, a couple more questions. I want to ask Mitch a couple more questions, and I don't want to short it here. So uh, we'll spend a few more minutes with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Uh, appreciate him hanging on. Jim Walden is less than an hour away. Derek Peterson's going to join us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine in the 5 o'clock hour. You're welcome to email in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. You can also dial us up 466-3776-800-825-5865. A reminder, one out of three fatal crashes involves an impaired driver. Driving drunk, buzzed, or high, never acceptable. in law enforcement officers working around the clock to stop with sobriety checkpoints and saturation patrols. As a driver, make that correct choice, a non-alcoholic drink. We have a pre-selected designated driver. Be smart. Start the conversation. Who's driving home? Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. More with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Hale Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes with The Athletic's Mitch Sherman. At Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, gracious to give us a few more minutes. Mitch, thanks for hanging on, man. Appreciate you uh, doing so. Where's your read on the Big Ten and Nebraska? I wanted your take on this. If the Big Ten says, look, man, we, we just can't can't do it, or the schedule goes from 10 to 8, or only five teams in the league can play, would Nebraska get the green light to schedule regionally if, if, if COVID numbers are contained and the, the state folks say, yeah, go ahead and play ball? Could Nebraska go fill out their own schedule? Where are you on that question? Yeah, I think it's a possibility. I think anything's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think you, you may see the schedule's completely blown up. Um, and this isn't what you asked me, but I mean, this is just an example of what I, what I mean when I say anything's a possibility. You may see the schedule blown up as they are and just completely redone so that if you, you're playing the teams that are under schedule now, but not on the dates that they're scheduled. You know, what about like weeknight games? What to, to, you know, space apart the games by nine or 10 days instead of having games every seven to seven days with, with buys um, every three or four weeks. I, I think there's all kinds of stuff that is a possibility. And just because it was determined on July 9th that the Big Ten is not going to play non-conference games and that was written and sent out in a press release and talked about on TV, that doesn't mean that in October or November that you can't change course. This, I mean, if, if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we need to be nimble and be ready to change course and do what is best for each school, each conference's own situation. Yeah, I could see a situation where Nebraska does play Kansas or Kansas State or South Dakota State, you know, which has been taken off the schedule. Why not? I mean, if it doesn't work to go to Rutgers and things aren't good in Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan or Minnesota, play the games that are safe. I, I, we, we heard you know, all kinds of things that were proclaimed in March, and here we are in July – and it doesn't mean anything more than the paper it was written on. 
that may be the same thing with this declaration that we got last week from the Big Ten about non-conference games. It's, it's all subject to change based on the situations that, that are at hand at the moment you're making the decision. So whatever it is, whatever you want to consider, exhibition games, I don't care. I think it's all um, a possibility in 2020. Last thought, Mitch, and I'll let you get out and get ready for practice, dude. Uh, with uh, last week, you, you had the hot seat ratings that came out, and guy we both know, Dennis Dodd, had, had frosted, you know, DEFCON 5, uh, where win or else, and, and I kind of don't think that's accurate. Uh, interested to see where you think Nebraska's at from a, from a win total. Uh, again, 2020's crazy year, but Cowherd was talking about Nebraska's a seven or eight win program. That's what they are. They're not what they once were. Uh, in, in dealing with him in, in, in my career, he's, he's a pretty good college football guy. He, he knows college football better than a lot of national guys. And I don't disagree when he says Nebraska's job is really hard, but you've got a, a good coach now in Coach Frost. And the reason Nebraska was at such a high level is because you had two of the all-time greats in, in Devaney and in Osborne. Does Nebraska seem or feel like a, a seven-win program? And I know they've not even hit that number yet the last three years. But overall, when you look at the talent on the paper to what should translate to the field, is seven or eight kind of where you're thinking that that bar is for Nebraska? Or do you, do you vary from there? Well, I mean, it's realistic right now, as we sit here right now. I mean, not 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 taking into account the current situation in right. 2020. If you move forward a year, yeah, that's the kind of program that Nebraska is. Not to say that it can't be a 9- or 10-win program three years from now when when they've got a $160 million new facility and, and a, a bump in recruiting, and you know maybe there's a division championship that you win. I mean, these things are fluid, and Wisconsin mm-hmm. was a 7- or 8-win program um, you know, some number of years ago, and, and they've elevated beyond that point. You know, Iowa... Um, was a seven or eight win program for a long time, and now they're winning nine or ten for for the last several years. I, I don't think Nebraska is any different than those two programs in where it can be and what its ceiling is. And in some ways, it's higher than both of those programs with what its ceiling can be, just because of the the way that resources are funneled directly to Nebraska football um, in, in this state. Um, maybe I didn't maybe I didn't phrase that right, no, but just, I, there, I is a, there is a there is a um, uh, you know a, a push. That is more. Um, that it, that it that is. It's more. It's it's. People in Nebraska care more. Uh, they're more together on Nebraska football. They're more unified on Nebraska football than almost everywhere else in the country. And that means something when you start to talk about what Nebraska's ceiling is as a program. So, right here, right now, I think it's accurate to say seven or eight wins. I don't think it's accurate to say that Scott Frost is anywhere close to the hot seat. Uh, he, I mean, coaches aren't getting fired this year. Unless, exactly. You know, you, unless you've just had a disaster or, you know, you've done something off the field to embarrass your program or disgrace your university. Mm-hmm. That's just not the way this year is going to end. Um, there's too much going on right now. The coaches are, are, are too important. It's too important to have that stability. And even if none of this was the case, none of these outside circumstances existed, he still wouldn't be on the hot seat because Nebraska has made a, uh, a tremendous commitment to him. And the leaders, the people above Scott Frost, are unified in their belief that this is a fix that is going to take some time. They wanted to win more than nine games in the first two, year, two years, undoubtedly. But they're not shaken 
in my estimation, at all in their belief that he is the right guy for the job. Mitch, thanks for a few more minutes, bud. Have a good uh, practice tonight. Get that scrimmage rolling and uh, take the flag home from uh, from Beatrice, all right? We will try. Thanks, Chris. Maybe I'll see you this weekend. That'll be good. Take care, man. There he is. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. A little double duty with Mitch. He was kind enough to to do that last week <laughs> uh, on Friday. You guys got Friday handled again. And and do you uh, do you bring in the the spice rum or the white rum for for the Friday special? God, why, why didn't I think of that last week, Chris? You should because you were working. <laughs> exactly, because you was working pretty good. It is a fun time of year. I remember that trip down to Beatrice uh, for the, uh, the the nine or ten year old. That's where the state baseball tournaments at is. Beatrice, couple of phenomenal Mexican restaurants down there that we frequented. But uh, some guy thought I was a real estate mogul in Beatrice because I looked like the guy on the billboard. Now, if you're going to guess and say the guy had tattoos across his back and was missing some dental work, you'd be accurate. If you're going to guess he was a non-filter connoisseur, you'd be accurate. And... uh Speaking of little baseball quirks, my name was Casey for a weekend because I was Casey the Beatrice real estate mogul, and I had just gotten married, and he sees me with this blonde, and I'm apparently side-piecing it. So there you have it. Everyone thought that was a great idea. My wife even thought it was good. Like, you can have him. So there we go. Uh, We are going to spend some time with uh, Derek Peterson. The mailbag, alive and well. Thoughts on that? More on Nebraska football. The NFL, if you're a Chiefs fan, you can just totally high-five. Because guess what? You got your pass rusher back. I'll tell you how much Chris Jones it ain't Mahomes money. But it's pretty good. Some NFL. Next Tale of Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Got NFL headlines and some MLB news. First, I know you've been waiting and wondering for OBJ. It's going blonde again. Think of the Lamar Jackson haircut that was the OBJ haircut, but it's blonde and fantastic. So that's going to be an increase in fantasy numbers. I can feel it. Uh, Miles Garrett, <laughs> uh, sledgehammer over the top and all with someone else's helmet, finalizing a $125 million deal. Can we just count the number of Texas A&M top five picks that have come out of Aggieland since like 09? I mean, they're all first, second, or third overall. Some defensive ends, some offensive tackles, a couple of quarterbacks. Eh. Garrett's money, good ball player. Not quite Von Miller. Yaseel Puig agreeing to terms with the Atlanta Braves. That dude, I remember the story of of Yaseel Puig, and it was in ESPN, the magazine, and how the guy just got the hell out of Cuba, and 
hey, here's a glove and a hat. You're playing for us. And I, guy's phenomenal. He gets crazy, but I love his ability. He's must-see to me. And if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, Chris Jones, come on down. It's almost Scrooge McDuck money. Four years, $85 million for the talented pass rusher. And I think the Chiefs, they just, they've done it for years. They find a pass rusher, they draft, and they sometimes give guys second deals. Think of Neil Smith and, and the numbers he put up for the Chiefs and the late, great, amazing Derek Thomas, Tamba Ali was fantastic. The Chiefs have got it rolling with what they are. And the defense situationally needed to be better. Uh, going into last year, they were, but it really didn't matter because Mahomes was on fire despite injury. But you got your guy taken care of on the defensive end that is a game changer. You've got a guy that can go make the other guys would be or want to be Mahomes have a bad fourth quarter or have a bad third down. And he got $80 million. That includes $37 million due at signing, $60 million guaranteed for injury, $5 million in incentives, total value $85 million. And uh, Jones, who got the franchise tag, had until Wednesday, that was the deadline, to agree to a long-term deal. So if you're a... Uh, Football fan, you've got Khalil Mack that still has ninety million, Aaron Donald eighty six point nine, Von Miller still at seventy, Demarcus Lawrence at sixty five, Fletcher Cox at sixty three three, Frank Clark at sixty two point three, and then there's Chris Jones at sixty, and Khalil Mack. Once he went to the Bears that first season, that change of scenery was incredible. Aaron Donald phenomenal, so good was great when he was teamed up with Sue. Von Miller, another A&M guy that we talk about. Uh, he is... Let's see what he can do. If you're a Cowboys fan, Dak has still not inked his deal in Kansas City. Has Jones signed and Mahomes signed. So, KC just getting it done. Okay, Derek Peterson... More football thoughts, Hour 2. Hail Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr, Jim Walton, Gentleman Jim, longtime coach, Iowa State, Washington State, assistant for Devaney. Get his take on football in the fall. We say hi to the good doctor, Derek Peterson and Dr. PDHV is where you follow Derek on Twitter. You read him with Hale Varsity dot com and magazine they you know the old saying with doctors and apples dr Petey, thank you for your time sir have you tried the new bush light apple <laughs> no i have not are you going to <laughs> i'm not a bush light guy i'm trying to be nice 
I'm no, not a Bush Light guy. That's no. You listen. You're not going to offend me or some of my listeners. It's it's all right. It's all right. I don't. I, I saw this and I'm just like, I got to ask Doctor Petey what he what he what his take we is a, on this. We had a buddy in school who drank Bush Light and we made fun of him for it. Is that an Oklahoma Sooner thing or beer shaming? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just a dumb Oklahoma thing. No. Or a, or. A, or or it's just a um, dumb my friend group thing. No, that's fine. What, that's so, probably likely. What was your, we'll get to football, but what was your, this may be the only <laughs> tailgating we get, so <laughs> stick with it. What was your drink of choice? Um, for I don't, see, I've never been like a huge beer drinker. Are um, you into rum like movie Damon movie. Barr? Yeah, so like rum and whiskey. Um, that's, that's more kind of my speed. Okay. Good work. Damon Barr says he's now, uh, you're now his favorite guest. My, my, my lovely producer <laughs> says, yeah, rum guy. Good. Okay. Have you wrapped your arms around the last seven days of college football commentary? Dr. Petey, how are you feeling about this thing? Um, I, I think, just naturally you have to be a little bit um more uneasy than before right like two weeks ago like it seemed like um most people were were setting it up to where we're gonna have college football in the fall um it's gonna be things are gonna be okay uh but i think the last like you said the last week or so um you get a lot of pessimism um you know you you see a lot from some of the national folks um, that are, I know this was a big talking point yesterday, anonymous sources mm-hmm. talking about, you know, this or that or things that could happen. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely feel, I definitely feel less optimistic than I did. Um, mostly just because, you know, I know we like you look at Florida and you look at Texas and you look at Arizona and some of those places, um, like I don't know how they're gonna play football, and those are those are key states. And if so, like Florida with the SEC, if if they if they don't feel good about playing football in Florida, like does that mean that the SEC just says, well, we're just not gonna do it at all? Um, I know that's something that Nebraska, like when you hear Nebraska talk about it's it's safer here for our student athletes than it is. Um, in some cases back home for them, or it's, it's safer here than in other places. And, and, you know, you see kind of the, it's not just um, something, you know, when you talk about like, Hey, we, we just put on, you know, a high school all-star football game last weekend, you know, ne- Nebraska is, is a little bit better off than, well, or, or a lot better off in some instances than um, other States. And so, you know, like Nebraska thinks like, hey, we've kind of done what we need to do. So the carrot at the end of the stick is football. We want to be able to have football. Um, but I think in some cases, you know, like these conferences have to make decisions um, that that are going to make people unhappy. Um, I don't know. If, if, if we get to a place where it's like, hey, we're just going to do what, for instance, the – um, junior college is doing. We're going to do what the Ivy League is doing. We're going to just delay football until the spring. I don't think anybody would be too terribly surprised by that at this point. 
Um, I also don't think that anybody would be too terribly surprised if they say, you know what, we understand the risks associated with playing, but we just have to play football in the fall in some sense. We have to get, you know, like the Big Ten says that they're going to try to play conference-only games. Let's say the number is 10 that they put on the schedule, and they say we're just going to try to get eight or nine of those games in as many as we can in the fall and then cut our losses and move forward to the 2021 season. I don't think anybody would be surprised by that either. So, um it's definitely kind of been eye-opening the last week, but I still think we are um, a couple weeks away from like really landscape-shifting decisions. Even by August, I wouldn't be surprised if the SEC and the Big 12 still hit the brakes on, on making a nuclear decision. They're going to they're gonna wait this thing out and delay to play as long as they can, and if Florida... And if Florida's numbers are still bad, they're going to tell Gainesville to move someplace that it's not bad so Gator football can play. I mean, I think that's kind of the SEC mindset. I look at the Big Ten, and the Big Ten prides itself on this research academia world. And and I get it. I mean, there are a bunch of smart dudes in the Big Ten that are brilliant people. And they, they, they relate better or more so to the Ivy Leagues of the world where there's school and yes, there's athletics, that's a concern. That's a perception they want to be seen as we're, we're uh, an incredible research institution, school's most important to us. Yes, athletics is huge and it makes money, but we're not going to put people at risk and that's where we're going to go. If, if that path happens, I don't think anything's off the table, Derek. Do you, with Nebraska saying, okay, as long as you give us permission, let's let's play eight or ten games, and it may not be with anybody from the Big Ten. That'd be wild. Um, That'd be kind of I fun. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, but I don't know. Um, you know, I, I know from reading um, Bill Moose's comments to the Lincoln Journal star in the Omaha World Herald that that's not a, a bridge that he wants to cross yet. It's not a topic that he wants to broach yet, um, which is – perfectly understandable um it'd be it'd be interesting so like my column uh this past weekend the the monday column that i had um was was looking at alternative scheduling options that the big 10 or that nebraska could take that was one of them i mean you put try to find some regional schools at at both the fbs or the fcs level that would want to come play you um or you could you know try to work out a um, a neutral site if you don't feel comfortable going to their place or, or you know, if, if they've got stuff going on, you know, you can put Kansas and Kansas State and Iowa State on the schedule or try to try to get um, Iowa on the schedule. Like I looked at teams within 300 miles of each sure. other. Um, you could try to get Missouri maybe. They're like 330-something away. Um, you could try to get them or you could sit at the FCS level. We can talk about South Dakota and South Dakota State and um, Drake over in Iowa and Northern Iowa, that would be a, a, a reunion of sorts for Scott Frost. Um, I mean, you could. It'd be. It'd certainly be strange. I don't. I just don't know that that schools are going to go rogue though, because if it's not Big Ten sanctioned, and if it's not, you know, like if if conferences are saying, "Hey, we're not playing football," but you decide to play football anyway, what happens to the eligibility for your student athletes, or what happens to? Um, you know, like, do those games count? Are you incurring all of this risk without um, 
Are you able to Maybe take the, the Big Ten money? With it? Are you able to take the Big Ten right. TV money? Uh, yeah, are you able to put those games on television? I mean, that's those are all things. And this is something that, like, when you talk about the SEC and the Big 12 kind of kicking the can down the road, this is one of those things where I struggle to see really how much longer you can do that because, you know, like, just with talking with people at the JUCO level, I was talking to a guy yesterday, and, um, you know, they, they make the decision that they made to say, hey, we're going to push – fall sports to the spring. Um, we're going to announce this now. You know, as he put it, there are a lot of second and third order um, response or, or results that come from a decision like that that can't even be um, anticipated in the moment. Like, you, you, you think that you've answered a question, and then there are ten others that come up from the answer that you've chosen. And so I just think that there's like so many contingency plans with all of this stuff and, and your contingency plans have to have contingency plans. And I, there's so many doors down each path that I don't think people are prepared for, you know, when they, when they set out on it, I just don't know how much longer you can keep delaying. I feel like, you know, like I think everybody has said end of July, early, early August is when, you know, it, it has to come decision time. And, and I think that's correct. Derek Peterson's with us, salevarsity.com and magazine at Dr. PDHV uh, on Twitter's where you follow him. I love what you and Vogues have done going through the Big Ten teams. Sell me on buying Nebraska. Well, I was um, I was definitely uh, uh, much more firmly in the buy camp before – uh, the pandemic and, and things like that. But I think any kind of sales pitch for this Nebraska team has to start with the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I am as bullish on, on their wide receiver group as as maybe anybody in the market. I think Omar Manning is, is the stuff, is the real stuff. I think... Good Nebraska radio edit, my friend. Stud. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> an absolute stud wide receiver, a, a star wide receiver, the likes of which maybe they haven't had. I think he's got that potential. Um, I think Xavier Betts is not far behind him. I think Wanda Robinson is right there. Um, you know, and they've got some of the, the, the support pieces to match. I mean, we talk about Alonte Brown being a little underrated or undervalued at this point. Not many people are talking about him. What about Marcus Fleming? Nobody's talking about Marcus Fleming. Um, the wide receiver class that they signed is as good as any in the country for this past recruiting cycle. And then, you know, you've got a senior Jack still at tight end. You've got a senior Dedrick Mills running back. Um, I still believe in Adrian Martinez. I, I, I think, um, you know, if you go back and look at everything that happened and take a holistic approach to this season, it's not all doom and gloom with him. I, I still um, believe that he's going to have the job that he's that he's got potential. Everything we saw in that freshman that 2018 season, it's all still in there. Um, he needs time and he needs health. And and I, I feel like Mario Verduzco and and Matt Lubrick can kind of pull it out of him. And um, you know, I, I just like the pieces that they have offensively. And and I don't know what the defense is going to look like. Um, I was actually talking to somebody earlier, and they asked me kind of what Nebraska feels about the season or what Nebraska feels about their team. And I said, it's one of those situations where if you looked at the schedule beforehand, before everything got kind of mucked up, you know, the schedule was brutal. The last five games were brutal. Having to play Ohio state, Penn state back to back, um, not going to be any fun. 
so they could be a six and six team that was actually a really really good football team. You know, like Texas A and M was it last year or the year before mm-hmm. they played just a, a, a murderous schedule, but they were actually a, a pretty good football team. Um, if Nebraska's offense gets humming and Adrian Martinez takes a, a step in the right direction, which I think he will, um, I just think they have all the pieces. And I, I really like the running backs. The offensive line should gel. Um, you know, they're going to have to score because I think the defense is going to give up points. But I think they have the perfect, the perfect blend of size, skill, and athleticism on offense to do it. Where is the defense at? Like, if if we're talking journey here, okay, what mile marker from the beginning of their journey to the finish line? do you project the defense coming in at? I, I think we're both on the same page that the secondary is going to be pretty good. I mean, Deontay Williams, it sucked not having him last year at safety yeah. for Nebraska. I mean, really, just a ball hawk. Guy can can be physical. The secondary is good. Yeah. You've got experience at the linebacker spots. And then you've got some guys, a couple that you want to see kind of prove it, and you got a grizzled veteran in Stilly. So... I mean, that front seven's a question mark, but the back four, you feel okay about. Are you uh, optimistic about about their jump? You know, what's good enough? I think you have to view it as a little bit of um, they they took a couple steps back. It's just it's just going to be difficult. It's hard to lose an entire starting defensive line and replace it, and. You know, when, for the people that are in this every single day and looking at the team and looking at the players, you know, like we're excited about a guy like Ty Robinson. We're excited mm-hmm. about Mateva um, Malga Clements. You know, some of the pieces that they have in that front seven. But if if you really zoom out and think about it from like let's say a national guy that's just kind of dropping into camp and observing things, like there's not really a star in the front seven. Um, I've been kind of waiting for Ben Stewie to break out, and maybe that's this year, but so far it hasn't been, and they have to have. They have to have a pass rush. It doesn't matter how good your secondary is if the quarterback has all, all, all the time in the day to throw the ball. Um, even the best secondaries are going to get kind of picked apart. They have to have a pass rush, and, and they have to be able to stop the run better, and they have to fit in the front seven a little bit better. Um, you know, I think Will Honus is a guy that had a, a pretty quietly um, good season a, f- a year ago, and, and, you know, Mo Berry had – his bumps and bruises in pass coverage. I don't think he was as good in, in his senior year as he was in his junior year. Um, but he, he's still a guy that Nebraska has to replace the heart mm-hmm. and soul and effort. And, you know, Colin Miller was good in pass coverage, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, they, they, they have to they have to be better at stopping the run, and, and they, they have to find a pass rush, which is something we've been talking about for years. Derek Peterson's with us. Read him, HailVarsity.com. Follow him at DrPDHV. Derek, be good, brother. We'll do this again. Thanks for jumping on. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk some college football with the gentleman, Jim Walton, <laughs> longtime coach at uh, Washington State, Iowa State, an assistant for Coach Devaney at Nebraska. Coach, are you hitting them far and straight? How are you? <laughs> 
Well, I'm, I'm ne- doing neither one, Chris. I'm not hitting it far and hardly <laughs> ever straight. But, but you know, I, I, at least I'm out there hitting it, and that's what I appreciate. And I do appreciate that gentleman thing, too. That was nice. Well, that's what you are, my man. It's, it's great <laughs> to talk some ball with you, and it's, it's just strange times. And I know we talked... Gosh darn, back when this thing, this this pandemic crept up, I mean, we're talking right around March, mm-hmm. and, and you're getting back from a cruise, man, an international cruise, and yeah. I'm glad you're, uh, you're, you're, you're healthy and, and doing okay, but what did you make of the reactions, not only by the Big Ten last week, but also the conference, you know well, the Pac-12? Well... <laughs> I, I understand, and I'm compassionate about what they're trying to do. I think they need to go back into the room now and, um, and, and regroup just a little bit. They've made a declaration. Now let's, now let's clean it up. And my, what am I talking about this? When you start talking about only playing conference games, you have to also look and say, wait a minute, I might have been just a little bit uh, presumptuous in this, that we maybe need to clean this up and say, how about if we could play one non-conference game in the state, hmm. within the state? The reason for that being is that if you go by the rule of only played conference games, that means that Iowa State and Iowa will not get to play, and they're in the same state. Clemson and South Carolina will not get to play, and they're in the same state. Uh, Florida and Florida State will not get to play. It goes on. I think there are, uh, Chris, I think there are 11 possibilities of arch rival games that will be eliminated by this non-conference thing if they stick with it. And and arch rival games are huge. Uh, I only have to say Army-Navy, and you say, wait a minute, Army is an independent Navy is in a AAC conference, so therefore they can't play. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know that if we play football, Army and Navy is going to play. So you have to – and then you say the next thing, Notre Dame and BYU are both independents. But, and so who do they play? And so I, my thought would be go back into the room now. You've made a nice declaration. If we're going to have football, that was a good start. Now go into the room and say, you are all allowed to play one non-conference game if it's played within your state. Now that doesn't help Nebraska. I understand that because they have no, no other Division One school in their state. So that's the price you pay. You'll only play uh, nine games instead of ten. But you can't take away arch-rival games uh, that are so important to so many fans. Uh, when you start talking about Georgia Tech and Georgia not playing and Florida State and Florida and Iowa State and Iowa, and it goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that's the situation uh, that they need to reevaluate and maybe come back up and say, Nebraska would like to play another game. It's just where they're in that unique, like a Wyoming. They have nobody else to play. But that's just the price you pay. You can't play one last game. But And if I were at Nebraska or Wyoming, I would say, hey, it's only fair. I'm sorry we don't get to play a tenth game, but 
I'm not going to stop Army and Navy from playing just for, for my selfish reasons. That's the, the next question here. As we move forward, how do you think the conferences will act if some states are dealing better with COVID than others? And I think in the Big Ten, Michigan's a mess right now. New Jersey, well, well, you know, from a travel standpoint, is Rutgers going to make travel arrangements far west? Uh, Nebraska's supposed to head there in October. And, uh, of course, I'm thinking about Penn State. In the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. is State State College. You know, Penn State's supposed to make a trip right. to Lincoln. If, if some schools have to shut down or they can't have on-campus courses, do you think a whole conference will shut down? every team down, even those teams that in their states, things are, air quote, relatively under control? Well, I think they'll either shut it down and there won't be any football whatsoever, which I, in my heart of hearts, I can't even imagine. I mean, I know I'm old and, and I, I just think we fast. We have, in my heart, I have lived through some greater things than I think I have seen so far with this one that we can't handle. And I, if, if I had not seen a single protest in this country uh, as we speak today, Chris, mm-hmm. if I hadn't seen thousands and thousands and thousands of people on the streets, um, I wouldn't say what I'm about to say. But if we're going to allow protests and we're going to not say a word to get them stopped, then uh, to me, the University of Nebraska playing Rutgers at home in front of however many people want to come to the gate. You can put a sign up out there, no admittance unless you wear a mask. Because we can still cheer through a mask, okay? We don't see each other. All we see is our eyes, but 90% of the people that sit in the stadium in Nebraska know each other anyway. They'll recognize each other's eyes. But it's got to get back to where it's my choice. So if the schools will schedule the games and put the game on, Put on your mask, come to the game, and cheer your butt off for the Cornhuskers, then that, to me, is just as equal as we're turning our back and allowing thousands of people on the streets in these protests. So I'm not saying protest. I'm just saying if you're going to allow something to happen in mass numbers, you'll let other things happen in mass numbers at the, at the choice of the people. In a protest, they have a choice. They go to those protests. That's their choice, those people that do it. Then the fans at the University of Nebraska should have the same damn option. If I want to go see the Nebraska-Iowa game or the Nebraska-Michigan game, it's my choice, and I want to have that choice and go see it. I'll take my chances with whatever the results are. That's how I feel. Jim Walden's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, longtime coach, assistant at Nebraska and at Washington State and Iowa State. Coach, you know a thing or two about protest and civil rights. I mean, you grew up in Mississippi. You, you yep. played your ball for, for Coach Devaney at Wyoming, so you were in the thick of it as a, as a young man, weren't you? Right in the middle. Uh, I, was, uh, I even went a little further. I was, in the, I was coaching high school football. In North Mississippi during the, the early 60s, from 64 through 68. And so uh, you've, you have a lot of things we've had to face. 
And I just know that always the American people, their resilience, their strength of character, and their unbelievable and undenying ability to say, we, we have become a great nation because we've been allowed to make our choices. We're not led around by the nose here. And I don't, I just really don't think that we were, this nation is built on, on having 50 dictators in different states tell us how to do our business. And I know this right now, that in all my heart, I've got a granddaughter that's a tremendous young soccer player at Lake City High School here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And I'm dead petrified that she's not going to get to play. And my wife has a grandson in Bellevue High School, and he wants to be a football player. He's going to his freshman year, and he absolutely loves it. And he's petrified. There's these kids. I mean, hands-on people, these young people are so nervous about not being able to compete and not go back to school. And I know a lot of people are doing what they think is right for the safety of the young people. But I think there are too many people working too hard to not do some things instead of working hard to find ways to do things that are important to our 10-year-olds and our 8-year-olds and right on up to that college guy that's looking for his senior year to look for a chance to get a a pro scholarship and that high school senior that's looking for a chance to get a chance to go to the University of Nebraska. I'm getting feelers from them, and they like what they see. If I don't play, where does that go? Mm. There's just lots of things that have to be done, and I hope the driving force behind all of it is we understand and we're willing to take chances in this country. That's what's made us so great. Coach, uh, a thought on if you had to call it today, you're the football czar. Do you think we play? Oh, gosh, Chris, I'm sorry to say that. I, I, let me just say this. I don't even think – I think it's 60-40 that we won't. Okay. And that breaks, it breaks my heart because I, I just think it's – I just think playing a college football game or a high school football game where people have the option to either come or not mm-hmm. – but don't take it away from the young people in this country. We just can't do that. We just cannot take things away from our young folks. And, 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 the, and the, what really bothers me a little bit that maybe by November the 10th that we'll have a find a cure for all of this, and that makes me a little nervous too. I, I, I keep There's an itchy thing in the back of my head that keeps saying that not necessarily on November the 3rd, but by November the 10th, the virus will be gone one way or the other. And that makes me nervous. Jim Walden, more with the uh, gentleman Jim, assistant for Coach Devaney, longtime head coach in the Pac-10 and Big 8. We'll get more into some thoughts on Scott Frost and Coach Lubick. But I uh, love talking with uh, Jim Walden, getting his perspective. A lot of years for Jimbo, and he's seen it all. Reminder about Taste of the Rail Yard. Enjoy free samples from local breweries and wineries. Nebraska home to so many local breweries and wineries. We want you to come on out down to the Rail Yard uh, August 8th and August 29th. Taste of the Rail Yard and can log on. And find out more information on this, the railyard.staging.wpenge.com, P-E-N-G-I-N-E.com, backslash Taste of the Rail Yard. But two events, one great concept, the 8th of August, the 29th of August, 
sip on some samples from local breweries and wineries. Music from Lemon Fresh Day and Shoot to Thrill. And uh, just 10 bucks for the event. So get out, social distance, enjoy the sunshine, have a wine, have a sip with uh, your friends at the rail yard. More from Gentleman Jim Walden next on Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes with Jim Walton, longtime Nebraska assistant and many years a head coach of college football. So I want to get your thoughts here on the, the Nebraska job. And uh, a guy I, I like listening to on a national level, Colin Cowherd, came out last week and kind of rated the Nebraska job as a C, you know, a C program. Uh, not a bad job, but, but a tough job. And it was in reference to a national columnist putting Scott Frost on the hot seat as in when now or he's gone. Well, that's foolish. That's not going to happen. No. And and Scott Frost uh, is, is a heck of a good football coach. But you lived it under Devaney as an assistant uh, as this thing was kicking butt and taking names. And you also saw it when you were a, an opponent in the Big Eight, you know, with Coach Osborne here. Mm-hmm. But but those are two phenomenal coaches we just mentioned, Coach Osborne, Coach Devaney. In mm-hmm. your opinion, how difficult is the Nebraska job when you look at recruiting, when you look at a northern climate, when you look at being in the Big Ten, all those factors? Is, is it a tough haul? Well, sure. All jobs are tough. It was tough when Coach Devaney got there. Um, I mean, he inherited a heck of a group of athletes but he also inherited a program that hadn't had a winning season in 16 years previous to his coming. Yeah. And so uh, it's trying to get any program back on its feet, and especially, especially a program that has been so high up the pole as Nebraska has. And when you talk about getting Nebraska back to a point, Scott Frost has only got to get Nebraska back to those eight, nine win seasons. That's number one. And then the fans have to understand you can't ask a coach to come in after two years and take them back. I would always ask the guy that would say, well, we've got to get Nebraska back to such and such. And I'd say, well, where, where do you – back where? Give me, give me your opinion of where you think Frost needs to take this program. Are you talking now in, next, in three years – National championship games, uh, a playoff or conference champions, are just in effect or stability of that we can compete with anybody anytime, and we will do it just like Coach Devaney did when he first got started. If you go back, Coach Devaney came to Nebraska in 61, and he won his first national championship nine years later, not two years later. And so people need to be aware that trying to go from not very good to a national championship level, you're kind of kidding yourself. And they're even discussed Scott Frost's employment is a joke. Mm. But I think he's found it harder. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the program, Chris, wasn't in as good a shape as even he might have thought, or maybe putting it another way, athletically it was in worse shape than he might have thought it was. And when I've run into that a couple of times, and you just don't go out and just say, wave your finger. So, yeah, it's a tough job. Nebraska has lost a little bit imagery. 
that they used to have, does that mean they can't get it back? Absolutely. As long as they're in the state of Nebraska and all those football players in the at the state of Nebraska still want to come to Memorial Stadium and play football, you're always going to have a little bit better chance to get that program back than a lot of other schools. You can recruit 25 or 30 uh, what they call walk-ons of a higher level or, or uh, you know, top-notch guys, and out of that 25, you get eight really good football players, and then you add that to the 25 you bring in, it won't take but about two years of that, and Scott Frost will be playing for Big Ten championships. And the two that he's just found, you get, you learn. Going forward, I look for in the next two to three years, Scott Frost will be he will be challenging for the for the conference championships. Coach Walden is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, last thought, and I'll let you get out. It's been a lot of fun to chat with you. Uh, when it comes to Matt Lubick, I'd like your take on on Matt. I know Sonny, his daddy, was really talented at Colorado State, and what Matt did at Oregon. And also uh, with Coach Peterson at Washington was impressive. He's now the offensive coordinator here. Nebraska has upgraded their wide receiver recruiting. But not only are they going to try and throw the ball downfield more, uh, they're going to probably factor in uh, more of an emphasis. And then they tried to run the ball last year and did well towards the end of the year. But let me ask you, are you familiar with Coach Lubick? And uh, if so, what are your thoughts on, on his uh, mix here to this offensive mindset that Coach Frost has? Well, I think it's a smart move in this sense. Scott Frost knows what he really wants to do, Chris, mm-hmm. but he's also smart enough to know that if there's somebody out there that can convince him or show him there's a better way to do something else and also there's a better way to just to refine what we already know how to do. Mm-hmm. He knows what he knows how to do works. He's seen it work against some great competition. But it's an ever-moving football. College football is an ever-moving, evolving uh, game. And so when he brings in Lubick, and certainly if he's as good a coach as his dad was, who I happen to know and have known for years, and what you asked me what did I know about him, all I know that is that and the people that I've had any conversation with have all had great things to say about him as a person, and as his knowledge, and certainly I could, that's easy for me to accept knowing sure. who his father was. And so I think it's a good hire, and I think it says a ton about Scott Frost. And I mean that sincerely. Scott Frost is not saying, I don't need a new offensive coordinator. I, I'm smart enough on my own. That impresses the heck out of me, Chris, because Scott Frost is telling the folks at Nebraska, I may know a lot about football. I knew how to do things in Oregon, and I know how to do things in, in Florida, and I know how to do things here, so I don't need anybody else. That showed me a lot when he says, you know what, there just might be somebody out there that can come in here and show me a better way to run this. So maybe we'll know a little bit more about a little better way to do something that we need to do a little better. That impressed me as much as who he hired. And I think with that thought, he went out and hired the guy he thought that could do the best job of improvising, improving, and and helping him 
get better with what he already knows. So I hope that makes sense to you. No, it does. That's my feeling. Jim Walden's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, continue to stay healthy and happy and keep hitting them far and straight no matter what you tell me. (laughs) Well, I enjoy the ones that do go far and straight, Chris, so I'll keep doing that. and uh, I'll keep, keep my mask on every chance I get. Well, Coach, you stay healthy, bud. Thanks again for a few minutes. All right, no problem. Thanks for having me. Gotta love gentleman Jim Walden. Just a fun football sit-down with him. That is awesome. We, While the interview is going on, uh, F-Bomb Brian chimed in and reminded me that, that Waterboy, the movie, and we got into this conversation yesterday, Damon, that uh, Waterboy is a national treasure. And I, I disagree. I don't hate the movie, but I'm not going to go out of my way to either own it or watch it again anytime soon. Does that make you sad? You're like, eh. There's other Adam Sandler choices. But Adam Sandler's a lot like Will Ferrell, where the the ones he's knocked out are great. And you'll watch them anytime you, you scan through and you see them on. And then there's lots of instances where Sandler and Will Ferrell have gone ski mask and gun and ripped the money off from all of us. Where we just quite not satisfied. But the dinner scene in Yankerman 2 is pure, pure magic. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, and uh, good stuff today. Thanks so much to Jim Walden, Derek Peterson, Mitch Sherman. Podcast at HaleVarsity.com. Get to iTunes, rate us, like us, and uh, download us. Enjoy. Don't cost you nothing. ESPN Lincoln's where you go to get the interviews, the on-demand section, and follow ESPN Lincoln on Twitter, as well as Hale Varsity. Some of the snippets from the show, the uh, two-minute drill, going to be posted up there for you to listen to. Quick little drive-through option there. And uh, tomorrow on the program, we will be excited to chat with Mike Babcock, Mike Shuhart from Wilderness Ridge, Shuey, and uh, Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider from College Game Day. Thursday, the Barnett Man is back, Barney time, and a high five at Phil Steele. Going to be with us, so... That is good. Thanks for spending time today. So, Damon Barr, what is going on Tuesday night in your world? Uh, still haven't decided what's going on Tuesday night. It's been a just kind of a, a, a laid-back week. Had some company from out of town visit over the weekend, so that was fun. And now I'm just did you temperature scan them? <laughs> Made sure, yeah, no fever, nothing when they came in. It was fine. <laughs> and, and all you got to do is the forehead thing. The other, right. the other action for temperature. Not that. No, no none of no, that was happening. No, no. Who came in? I mean, not not necessarily, but where are they from? It was uh, one of my girlfriend's friends from out in uh, Chicago. Stayed with us. Ah, good, 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 good. So the plan tonight. Are, you, are we doing Indian food? Are we getting some tacos? You know, I, I just shot her the what are we having for dinner text, so we will see. We will see. See, I, I get that text, but now that you're married, the text, I'm going to read it. We what are, having... are the dinner. What are the dinner plans, bitch? Question mark. That's how my wife speaks to me. Well. 
And while it may be funny to you, it's sadness to me. I do kind of get a kick out of it. That's just that's just Mama Bear's personality. <laughs> I'm sure my day will come. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where you're getting called obscenities, <laughs> told to shell out money, and if it's cold or she doesn't like it, she'll throw it at you. <laughs> One day. One day, right? So, how's the Garage Band? Garage Band is good. Garage Band is good. It's been slow. Haven't had a lot of practices lately which is disappointing after we spent all that time moving those damn drums up to the garage. But Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Uh, Nirvana. Okay. Uh, chili Peppers or Soundgarden? Chili Peppers. Good man. Uh, Cheech or Chong? Chong. Okay. Beautiful. And uh, chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Okay. Actually. That's just the, the Damon Bar random quiz. You know, as we look at college football season and what's may or may not going to happen, it'll be interesting to see how the JUCO thing plays out now that that is a spring thing. And that's where Nebraska has been able to supplement some of their talent from. Guy they're leaning on heavily is Omar Manning. Thank God he's this JUCO cycle and not next JUCO cycle. That's got to go for spring 2021 so check out the uh, show enjoy it give us a follow on twitter at schmidt underscore radio at damon bar that's two r's for damon bar it will talk to you tomorrow four with hail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery thanks